Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Drop a 3-2 to two decision in Anaheim on the road. Aiden Hill gets pulled after the first period in the loss. And Bruce Cassidy mixes up lines again. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with the man with the bag over his face. Chris Golick. We are from Las Vegas. We are here in Las Vegas where we're going to have 400,000 people, visitors, descending on our city this weekend. And we are brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Wow, Chris is in a mood today with the bag over his head. And so I'm VGK, right now. <laughs> so VGK uh, spots the Ducks a couple of first period goals. Then Mark Stone scores shorthanded, and later Ben Hutton off of a duck skate it was a two to two game and then uh no goals in ot and then they lose the shootout uh john gibson was the story of the night to be fair uh in the game uh surprisingly because we were blasting him yesterday of course nine saves <laughs> in regulation and then he also had a couple of uh, saves i think in the ot period uh vgk let's start off with the power play disappointment last night they didn't play well, and I couldn't understand why they replaced Michael Amadio in the game with Nick Roy. Wow. And in a five-on-three opportunity, too, Chris, that, I mean, they should, they had their chances. They had five uh, power plays. Uh, one came on the tail end, back-to-back uh, -back penalties there as well. And Bruce Cassidy was really concerned coming into this trip about the back end of the back-to-back, -back, but why? I mean, we, we highlighted that last night or yesterday in yesterday's show. And I get the perspective. I mean, of all the things that happened and all the goofiness that we're going to jump into for the next 30 minutes or so, I understand a little more now why Cassidy was a little more concerned about the second part of the back to back. But maybe thinking back, I don't know, maybe I maybe I, I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, 51, whatever the number was, shots on goal and at times it felt like uh, I hate going back to the DeBoer era whenever we talk about these high shot games, but there was times when some of the shots felt a bit, you know, low level, low efforts, but a lot of the shots, there was still a lot more creativity than what we saw last season under DeBoer in games like this. So, I mean, I hate just to, just to lock it down and say, no pun intended locked on. I hate just to lock it down and say, good game, John Gibson and, and not go any deeper into it. Like I don't, I don't think that's the right approach either. Uh, starting with that five on three that you mentioned, they just worked the perimeter the entire time. They never, until the very end, they never even tried to get it down to the bumper. They never tried to make a whole lot of passes across the crease to set up a one-timer from the left or right circle. There was, um, God, one time, I, I don't know, it was Petrangelo or who it was, just took a deep, lame shot. I mean, I get you're trying to spray and pray and you got some bodies there, but it just, I thought that five on three was very poor. And all the opportunities that you kept seeing, uh, Cassidy has had a little more. Um, what's the word? A little more of uh, a little more expression behind the bench. Uh, some of those penalties that were taken, especially the Nick Watt penalty in the third period, which that was I don't understand what I was doing on that one. 
uh, three F-bombs. I counted them on my unofficial ticker, you know, and there's there's some weird things happening right now. And I'm not sure exactly how the team is responding. And, you know, injuries, not an excuse, but they are reality. Pavel Dorofiev gets hurt yesterday and didn't didn't return to the game. Dorofiev, or Dorofiev, pardon me, Dorofiev was logging time on line one, was getting some power play time. And, you know, that's someone that they look on to help right now, given all the injuries that the VGK is experiencing and another injury, another one down right now. So, I mean, who would be the next person up if Dorofiev is out? Are we going to, geez, uh, who are we going down to? Um, Shea Weber. Sheldon Paul maybe might be next up. Uh, you I know, Shea I, Weber. Shea Weber, yeah, exactly, right? You know, and I, I'm really curious, again, we got to find a way to look this up, what the year-over-year man games lost are. Because yeah. I got to think we're getting pretty close right now. Yeah, it's starting to really add up there. Bad ice again last night. That's Definitely terrible. Carlson awful, fell down. Uh, surprisingly, VGK gets just one point in two games in, in a trip that they should have cleaned up. Let's face it. I mean, give us two uh, at least. Give us two, maybe three yeah. if we get one in L.A. Right, exactly. Uh, we thought that they would definitely come out of it much better, and they didn't. And so they played last night without Alec Martinez. Alec Martinez was sent home yesterday for evaluation good. after uh, taking that slap shot on his uh, right ankle uh, in the game against the Kings, and they're evaluating him. Uh, just so many things went wrong. Oh, let's talk Alex Petrangelo. We're talking about defensemen. I mean, how many more minutes can this guy play? He played 30 in regulation, played the entire OT period as well. And he didn't look tired. He doesn't it's... look tired. It's great, though. That's that's one of the positive signs is, again, the fact that he's the true Iron Man on this team. Let's be honest about it, uh, that he's playing a lot of minutes and being productive in the process. A hundred thousand percent. I'm looking for something that I found uh, on the, the Twitterverse. OK, so credit Jesse Granger for this one here. Time on ice for each golden night in the last 48 hours. Again, Jesse Granger here with The Athletic. Um, 120 minutes, 47 seconds for Logan Thompson. He played basically uh, basically two games when you factor uh, the overtime period. Petrangelo, 61 minutes, 52 seconds in back-to-back games. I'll say this again. 61 minutes, 52 seconds. Stone, 43 minutes. Stevenson, 42 minutes. Smith and Carlson both at 41 minutes right now. So they are leaning on their top guys and they're leaning very hard on them right now. And we saw VGK break down as the year, as the season progressed with the players that were still in the lineup. I'm not even talking about more injuries last season. I'm simply saying once the VGK was full health air quotes for those that aren't, uh, that are, that are uh, listening, not watching. I did the air, air quotes thing there. It's pretty cool. Um, the players that came back, they were dead tired last season. I mean, Stone was nowhere near 100%. We know that. But the players that were near for full health were not at all playing with uh, full batteries, I guess we can call it, right? They were not fully charged by any means. And, you know, something better change quickly here as far as these injuries goes. Someone else contributing in the lineup, whether Cassidy just needs to have more trust. I mean, I don't know if trust is the word to use, but... You know, at some point, you cannot keep on doing this. Now, the bright side, in January, starting with January 2nd, they play Monday, Thursday, Saturday. The following week, they play Thursday, Saturday. The following week, they play Monday, Thursday, Saturday. 
The following week, they finally have their first four-game week with a back-to-back. Arizona, New Jersey, two days off. Well, Arizona, day off. New Jersey, two days off. Rangers, Islanders, back-to-back. So you really hope they can lower these minutes played by our top players. You really hope, you know, Marcheseau and Eichel, I would hope, are the two closest to returning. You hope uh, Theodore comes somewhere in that time. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things need to happen for things to go right right now. This team is basically a 500 or lower team since all these injuries started and after that great start. So, you know, tough times. When I said troubled waters were ahead, it wasn't simply because of injuries and things like that. I thought the team wasn't playing that great at times, going back to that Arizona game about uh, two months ago now or a month and a half ago, wherever the number is. And they're not, they're not playing great. And they're just beat to crap as far as injuries go. Okay. I just think the main factor was too much eggnog over the holiday. Please. This team. Okay. Why didn't Marshall play yesterday? See, this is the part that I don't get with this team. They took Marshall. on the road and we felt as though he would be ready to play. Why would they take him anyway? If he wasn't ready to go. Uh, what about these other injuries and these players that should have been back already? Should Cotter have been back? He looked fine standing there. Saw the, his mom had posted something on Twitter. Photo looks great. Standing up straight. Okay. He's standing up. Hey, that's a good sign. It's a good sign. He's standing up. Uh, and then uh, Eichel, where's Eichel at? What are they doing? And why is it, why does it seem to take apparently with this organization more time than with other teams to get guys back on the ice? What is happening here? Can you explain that? Can I explain that? No, but I, I'll give a, just a, a personal perspective. 2017, they had, I've shared the story before. I'll give a very condensed version of it. They set up this weird, they called it major series of putting in the parking lot behind Bally's in Paris. The employees got an opportunity to go out there for free and check it out and give it a test run before the actual competition started. So me and my buddy, Mitch, credit one of my former employees, that uh, awesome person to work with for a long time, we're out there doing our thing. And we see a camera crew following around the people in front of us like why what's going on here and about halfway through and again this is um mid-october 2017 so this is right after the bgk season started not long after october one unfortunately and after mark andre Fleury had that concussion against the detroit red wings in i believe uh his first like friday night game or something like that with the team where he missed i think close to a month after that if i'm not mistaken and I look out, and all of a sudden, there's Marc-Andre Fleury and someone else I couldn't recognize, but I knew he was a player. He was Will Carrier. At the time, I had no idea who the heck Will Carrier even was, but um, it was Marc-Andre Fleury out there. So I asked whoever was with the team if I could you know, just say hello really fast. And he literally, uh, Sage, you remember Sage, obviously. Sage walks him right over to me and says, hey, you know, say hello. I'm like, cool, okay. So I just say hi to Mark, and I wish him well. I say, hey, good to see you. I really appreciate you being here, and I hope uh, you, get ba- you get back on the ice soon. That was as far as I wanted the conversation to go. And then Marc-Andre Fleury goes on and on about, oh, I'm trying so hard. I'm still, still not feeling well. When I, Whenever I train, I get headaches. I get dizzy. Sometimes I got to turn the lights off. But he was out there doing this major series of putting thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just point being is, uh, sure, they might be able to have semi-normal lives while they're injured. Um, again, Paul Cotter, is it a neck thing? Is it a concussion thing? Is it something else? Uh, who the heck knows? But... Uh, you know, maybe life is normal for him, but he can't get on the rink and, and do his thing. As far as everything else, I mean, I don't know, Tony. I mean, why is March so on the trip and not at home rehabbing? Was there an honest to goodness chance that 
something miraculous was going to happen while he took two took a plane ride and a bus ride in in Los Angeles that he just wanted to go walk up and down the 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 the, the walk of stars up on Hollywood Boulevard did he just want to go uh have some fun in Southern California I, I don't know I don't know I don't have a good answer for that I do know that last season it felt like some players might have been rushed back and that could have also cost the season or the longevity of a player like Mark Stone. So maybe they're taking some of what they learned last year. They're going slow. The Pacific is still Charmin soft. The Kings are, are, are peaking right now, but really no one else does want to win the Pacific outside of the Kings and the VGK when they're healthy. So they don't need to rush it. You know, they don't need to rush to get a top two seed in this, in this division. If they get the third seed, listen, give us the third seed. We'll be there. We'll be on the road in the first round. Perfect. Give us the third, give us, or, or give us WC one or two wildcard one or two. We don't want to win the division. Okay. This team is very much a mid team against the Pacific division. Partially maybe under 500 perhaps. now, right? Official. Well, technically it's not a loss last Technically time, it's yeah. five, five and two, right? Technically now, uh, but they're just, uh, could it be because Bruce Cassidy lacks the familiarity with the Pacific division? He's got John Stevens, who can help him out, I'm sure, and take the reins there. I was surprised as well, post-game demeanor of Bruce Cassidy. I thought that he would be more fired up, but he kind of – he wasn't as animated or – I don't think he, he – I thought he would be a lot more upset about a couple of games in which they really didn't play Some of the things well. he's saying, though, Tony, you're – we're starting to see some of his true colors. Keep going. I'll jump in. But yeah, we're no. starting to see some things about Cassidy right now. Okay. We want to get into that. Uh, seven short, the seventh shorthanded goal. That's such a positive stone. But then these dumb And he penalties. almost got another one, too. He almost got another shorty in the third. Yeah, he almost did. Right. And then, uh, but dumb penalties. You talked about the uh, the one with uh, Wah and then Stone, the tripping penalty in OT. Uh, I just can't understand some of that. The shootout knew I knew was done as soon as I mean you're putting Zegras. Zegras, oh my God, he's better. He's I think he's better than Patrick Kane. He's he's four for five on the year now. Four for five in shootouts. How did he miss? That's my my question. My only question. My goodness, he's got the fastest hands like that are out there today. So anyway, Cassidy, back to Cassidy. Um, what was your impression? And what's this thing about the true colors and why the bag over your head today? <laughs> the bag was just more or less to be funny, but I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad or bitter. It was, it was to drive viewership. Maybe we'll get to 300 viewers. If they see me, uh, I already, I already did a, did a tweet actually of a live look at, at myself. Uh, we're in the bag. So we'll see how that goes later on. Um, so Cassidy, let's, let's talk about that for a second. And we'll, and we'll talk about the goalie pull in the second segment specifically, but I do want to reference his statement about that. He felt that Aiden Hill, using his words, should have been the most prepared player because he didn't play the night before and said it just wasn't there for him. And he pulls him. I'll end it there. We'll talk more about that. But an interesting statement to make, especially when comparing to the Friday game against the Blues where LT did not get pulled. The other thing that he said that was strange, I thought he took a shot at Mike Amadio. And if it wasn't at Amadio, maybe I missed it. But his comments was... Some players, I'm paraphrasing as best I can, but with some players playing up on these higher lines, they're getting more minutes and they have to bring it every single night. Well, Will Carrier was up on line one. Pavel Dorofiev was up on line one. I think Ron Bjerg took a shift or Lecision took a shift on line one. Like it was a revolving door last night. Why does Amadio all of a sudden have such a short leash? Like I get, you know, you're scrambling a bit right now, but 
all Amadio has done, I think, is scored in four straight games and like a, a five game points drive. I, again, he's done. He's been very been very good and very noticeable is what I'll say. I don't have the exact numbers to support that. But why are you trying to tinker with that line when the other lines aren't moving? Because you're not you're not moving Amadio down to line three with Ron Bjergen, LeCision or Kessel or whoever he put on that third line at times. You're not making that change to have Amadio give you a spark in that line. He's not that player. But Amadio is that finishing touch that is helping line one churn. And now you're taking the best finisher as of late off of that line and putting him somewhere else. And all of a sudden you're bringing, you know, like Will Carey up there. Carey is great. He's doing so many, so many great things. But does Carey need to be up there? And he's a lefty where Amadio is a righty. That throws things off too. Um Going back to other comments that were made, we saw in the game, I was at the Sharks game. It was a game where March or so was, was trying to defend. And, oh, the Sabres game against Buffalo. Here we go. Alex Tuck was able to make a pass across the ice to Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner gets a goal. March or so has his stick on the blue line side instead of inside, if you will, trying to disturb the pass. Cassidy calls him out without, without saying his name. Um, there's other statements that he's made about players just not simply bringing it or whatever. And listen, we love his honesty. We do love his honesty. If he's being this honest with the media in the post-game pressers and even in a media scrum last night where you pretty much only have on the VGK side, you have VGK employees asking Cassidy questions. So you're going to get a very filtered version of it. There's some other media there, but I think I don't know if it was just AP or whoever it was, but it wasn't it wasn't us. It wasn't the people that are gonna, you know, dig a little bit more. We're not gonna be confrontational, but I think we're gonna we're gonna push a little more. But if Cassidy is still making it a point to call out the goalie, to call out Amadio, who's been spectacular, how is he in the locker room with these guys? How are his interactions? Because these are concerns that did come up in Boston that came up, you know, a few times in Boston and maybe what led McPhee to fire him in Washington a long time ago when he wasn't ready. So these are the questions that I'm starting to ask right now. Is the team responding? He hasn't lost the team or lost the locker room. Let's not get anywhere near that right now, but you know, is, is there a little more to this right now? And is Cassidy adding more stress than that there needs to be? Yes. You need urgence. Yes. We need to win. We need all that stuff right now. But is now the time for Cassidy to be in there just blasting these guys? Because I got a feeling he is right now. I really do. I got a feeling Cassidy is absolutely blasting these guys. And it's delicate, right? And then they're back at home. They're going to have, uh, you know, two or three days of lunches with Foley, possibly. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of BLTs this week. And, oh, happy birthday, Mr. Bill Foley. Born about, just sent out a tweet. March or so, his birthday was was the other day yesterday too, right? and he can and he couldn't play that's why he two didn't play ago. tony he, he two days he, ago he was on pto all right uh coming up next we're going to be talking uh digging a little bit deeper about uh cassidy pulling aiden hill i will talk about that performance or lack thereof uh giving up a couple of goals on just five shots stay with us right here on locked on golden knights BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information for all your statistics your news all of that analysis and much, much more. And you could get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there from football to college bowl games, basketball to the NHL. We've got it all. We've got you covered at betonline.net. 
If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest, the easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas, Tony Cardasco and Chris Collick. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Mr. Bag Over His Head. And also make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And again, uh, we appreciate all of your comments there. And make sure that you line up the comments for We need a banger tomorrow for the fun finale of the year of our WTF, What the Friday segment. I think we need something really good to send us out on the right note and to start the new year. So <clears throat> right before Bruce Cassidy pulls Aiden Hill uh, from net last night, uh, I'm watching in the first period, right? On I was watching the uh, the Ducks feed, right, Chris? And on the feed, right before this happens, there was a shot that goes left and it misses the net. And Aiden Hill is overplaying to the right. And they showed a replay of this. And they're like, he's not following the puck very well. Hmm. He had no idea where that shot was coming from. He was leaning the wrong way. And he just looked dazed and confused. I'm just going to be honest here. And that just sets it up. And then, you know, we see that uh, second Henrique goal where he just blasted. And it was a tough goal to give up. And I was really shocked that Cassidy just pulled him right then and there. Uh, and Cassidy afterwards saying there's something that he didn't like about the way he was in goal. But they set it up right on the Ducks feed last night where I'm watching it, and they're like, he looked lost in space. So how does he come back from something like this? Is it time, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, for Laurent Brassois to get a start, a spot start, if you will? What happens to Aiden Hill from here? So let's, let's start why why you pull a goalie, right? There's basically one of three boxes you're going to check when you make a goalie change. The goalie is playing terrible, gives up some some bad goals. That That's one box. The other box is the goalie is simply being hung out to dry and you want to get him out of there. It's like a mercy pull, right? And then the third is kind of a hybrid of both where you're going to pull the goalie to send a message to the players where you are, you're hanging the goalie out to dry here and, and or we need a spark. And it pisses the players off when the goalie does get pulled because there is pride. No one wants the goalie to get pulled, starting with the goalie, going back to the, the defense in front and everything like that. The two goals that were given up, um, and now good good call on the Anaheim feed. I didn't catch that. I was passively watching the first period, but I watched the second and third pretty closely. So I didn't catch the, the comments on the Anaheim side, nor did I see it live when it happened. So maybe there's a little more to it than what Cassidy saw as to why Cassidy said, you know, it just wasn't there last night. But the first goal, weird angle, Aiden Hill, he does what he's supposed to. He knocks it down. It kind of goes to a high-danger spot off Miramanov, and Miramanov Miramanov can't spot the puck. He couldn't spot it. He he can't spot it. Yeah, he he doesn't clear the puck. It's not entirely on Aiden Hill, number one. Exactly. 100%. That that, that was my my end game there. Uh, Miramanov's a little flat-footed trying to find the puck. It happens, whatever. So, you know, you scratch that one off, you move on. The second goal, this is a weird one, and I had an interaction. I f- forgot who I was talking to last night. I'm sorry, whoever, miss, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, listener, I'm sorry I'm not quoting you right now. But the second goal, if you watch the north-south replay, 
there was a momentary screen from Petrangelo. Petrangelo's not out of position, just, you know, he's trying to get in the way of the puck. Imagine how hard it is to stop an 80 or 90 mile an hour slap shot when you see it off of the player's stick. Now imagine trying to have a delayed response by, you know, two or three tenths of a second. Like the only thing I can compare it to is like in high school when a lot of times the the local police, they come and they put on some type of exercise where the car is, or you're, you're in, you're in the, this, this device, they strap you in, they put a seatbelt on you and they put those goggles on you to simulate like you've been drinking where you have a delayed response to things and you need to hit the brakes right away to stop the car before you get into a crash. That's kind of the same thing that I'm referencing when a goalie is screened on a shots. Sure. At, at the eye test, it looked terrible. I was watching it when I was working last night and I'm like, that was a bad goal. But then once I watched the replay, you understand a little bit more. Does he want to make that save? Does he want that one back? Of course. Was it a bad goal? Probably. Was it as bad as we're making it out to be? This wasn't Robin Leonard not reacting when a puck goes through his legs, okay? This wasn't anywhere near that like we experienced last season. Let's not go that far. And Aiden Hill is still 8-3 and three after last night's game. So, you know, before we we hang him here, we, we shouldn't be. Aiden Hill has done his job as a backup goalie. Not a great night last night. Was he prepared? I don't, you know, I'm sure he was prepared, but it's, you're, you're not going to have it every night, folks. You're not going to have it. Logan Thompson didn't have it every night. And I'll, I'll wrap this up here, but I was surprised that Logan Thompson did not get pulled in the game against St. Louis. Three goals in an eight-minute span. Was Logan Thompson to blame? I think maybe one of them, yes, the weird one that went through his legs off a deflection. But outside of that, you know, he was doing fine. But again, a spark. You stop the bleeding. You do something to slow the momentum. Ultimately, LT found his game, and they were able to get the shootout victory in dramatic fashion. So, you know, a lot of interesting things right now. And we're really going to see how good of a coach Bruce Cassidy is because we've been giving him a lot of credit for making moves and the right moves when the team is healthy for bringing Paul Cotter up and benching Amadio and then bringing back Amadio and benching Cotter. So, I mean, he's done a lot of things well with a healthy stacked roster. Uh, let's see if he can uh, make some miracles with an AHL team right now, because he's going to need to for a while because the injuries just keep on coming. And that was very, very strange uh, again to watch that on Anaheim TV. Just they could see it coming. It's just kind of funny. No, it's a and great, I'm it's sure. a great, it's a great take. It's a great catch. Yeah. And then for Cassidy to see the same thing uh, it could have gotten worse I guess because he didn't look comfortable in that last night and then LT comes in 22 saves after that does a great job he pitched a shutout, he pitched a shutout. yeah uh, stabilized them very, played very well uh, and again Cassidy saying something looked off something looked off he, he said he should have been the most prepared player uh, because he had the night off the night before. There's a but lot of weight behind might, that quote. There is a lot I of weight tend, behind that. There's a ton of weight behind that, but I might tend to also disagree. So when was Hill's last start before that? Was it the Buffalo okay. game, right? Was it Buffalo? Yeah, right? So he has... I thought about that too, Tony. Many, I thought about that. How many days off? It's not just the one day, because you're coming off the three-day holiday break, and then he played the Buffalo game. Uh, what was he off a week? I mean, seriously, like... Uh, in. He I'm wasn't. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. I'm not defending him, but I'm saying uh, he wasn't off just, you know, one night to be reality prepared. has to be acknowledged in these in these circumstances. And you're right. Some nights, again, you don't have it. And I just I'm hoping that things turn around and are better for Aiden Hill, because he seems just from the outside. And I don't know anything more 
like he might be in the doghouse of late. And again, last week, last week, Aiden Hill, uh, I felt, you know, Bruce Cassidy, he takes some digs and primarily at Hill. Uh, and I just don't think he's happy with the goaltending right now. I um I I, I got to be careful. I'm still learning about the lines and the media stuff and all that. And you know, geez, George just slammed out here. It scared me. Um, Aiden Hill, he's he's a fun guy to talk to behind the scenes when there's not a camera as well. And I'll say I do get the feeling that maybe there is a little more to it than that, as far as what you're saying and and that relationship goes. And that's about as far as I want to go. I don't want to cross any lines that I'm not supposed to here. But the one thing that I will cite is we're talking about fighting through those screens, right? We're talking about finding ways to see the puck. So there was a play where Logan Thompson was definitely screened. No doubt about that last night. I think it was in the third or second period. But instead of just taking the screen, if you will, hoping the puck hits him, he is getting down like way low, like his body, I'm sure that it sounds funny right, right now, but he's getting way low. He's putting himself, he's getting his head in a spot where he can react to the puck. And that was a big knock on Malcolm Subban talking about injured goalies here, unfortunately, but that was a big knock on Malcolm Subban for a while when he was getting a lot of starts with a BGK in season one, a lot of, he gets screened a lot. Right. And when we say you can't see it, it's hard to save it. And you kind of let the goalie off the hook a little bit on stuff like that. But as a goalie, you have to fight through those screens, whether it's simply pushing someone down in front of you, whether it's communicating with the players in front of you or just getting your body in a place. Like it felt, you felt like Malcolm Subban would not work hard to see the puck. He would just, you know, hope the puck hits him. Logan Thompson does work really hard to see the puck. And that was evident last night. I'll, if I can find that replay and get a still shot of it, I will. But Logan Thompson does a lot of things better than a lot of goalies in the AHL, including Aiden Hill right now. Call it what it is. Another good observation by Ducks television last night. And heading into the shootout period, they said that Logan Thompson stands up too much. And then we saw Terry going five hole on him. So they're starting to find weaknesses and they're starting to exploit these weaknesses in Logan Thompson. And that is Second going to be a lineup. Term. There we go. Exactly. And you start to see more. Right. And he just he stands up way too much. And they're absolutely right. He doesn't stand his ground or stay in his stance or what have you. And he came out of net a couple of times in overtime and in regulation where he could have given up a rather soft goal. So we'll keep an eye on that. But really good conversation about the goaltending. Coming up next, we're going to talk about jumbled lines. Uh, there were more jumbled lines last night. Uh, what are they going to do to jumble lines in the future? Bruce Cassidy, he just likes to make a lot of changes and he does it all on the fly. More after this on Locked On Golden Knights. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you just live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a very big deal. What are the odds that you will get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about all of the risks involved of driving drunk. And please refrain from doing that this weekend. Results are very tragic. They're often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why all of these police officers are out in force right now. So a couple of cars pulled over the last few days here. They are looking for impaired drivers, and it could be you. They're trying to save lives. 
on our roadways here in Southern Nevada. So if you think that you're going to be okay to drive after just a few drinks, please think again and play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. And you can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is Locked On Golden Knights. I want to hear, are we going to do resolutions tomorrow for you, for the players, for anything? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. We never I know. Hate resolutions are dumb. But I, I, I get it. I don't make resolutions, brother. I make promises. That's what I decided to do this past year. I don't. Why, why does it got to be in December 31st? Like, I don't know. Your life doesn't change in one day, folks, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> well, one thing that does change are the VGK lines. Nice segue, brother. Uh, they jumbled the lines once again last night. Uh, one of the key, I guess, moves was um, Maramanov, I think, on the top line, replacing Amadio first. And then we saw a number of other changes in succession. Yeah, I mean, Miram, I think you think I mixed up because defense, offense there, but yeah, Amadio, uh, Dorfiev, I think is where you who you meant to say. Dorfiev meant to say, yeah, Dorfiev meant Dorfiev got shifts on line one. Okay, <laughs> well, Carrier got shifts on line one. Like it was a weird revolving door, and this is something that I hinted at. I think it was on on Tuesday's show or even last week. I forgot the exact day, but I'm not as concerned about the line jumbles now and what's happening. But I do wonder what's going to happen when our team is full healthy-ish. I mean, let's just pretend we have a full, fully healthy roster for a minute here. Is line – so I think McCrimmon said this. What we've learned about Chandler Stevenson is he is Mark Stone's center, all right? Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone have this, this bond, this connection, whatever it is on the ice. And Chandler Stevenson is a natural center. So just brainstorming here for a second, what if line one, who cares what the numbers are? Like, it doesn't matter. But what if the first line over the bench, so to speak, is going to be Stevenson with Stone? And let's just pretend Amadio for a minute. Okay. Line two, William Carlson is not necessarily a line two center. Is he a line three center? We can argue about that. But he's not getting the job as a line, getting the job done in that second line right now. Riley Smith and March so are doing fine. Is Carlson necessarily to credit for that? Yeah, a little bit, sure, but not a whole lot. So what if you simply put Eichel between March so and Riley Smith? How lethal of a line is that right there? And then now you got Carlson and that balance, so to speak, uh, the ability to win faceoffs and play good defensive hockey against the other team's top lines. And you have Carlson between something like Kessel and Cotter or, you know, not sure what, what Howden's circumstance. I haven't heard anything about Brett Howden in a long time. But let's just assume line three is something like Carlson, Kessel, and Paul Cotter. All of a sudden, Kessel has a lot more talent around him and some people that can finish and get him the puck. Line four, you don't change anything. You keep Nick Wad down there between Coley and between Carrier. And that's a pretty stacked line right there. And then if you need to put the hero line out there at some point, you know, we know uh, Cassie loves, loves changing the lines. You can always, you know, put put uh, Eichel up there on the top line with Stevie and, and Stone and do your thing there. But I love going back to the balanced lines for a while once this team is fully healthy. And let's see how that does because there's, there's now 
a good piece to the puzzle, if you will, with Mike Amadio and what he can do when he has that type of talent around him. And maybe Carlson getting regular minutes along Kessel and Cotter can ignite all three of those fellows. Yeah, and uh, for me, let's go back to the start of the season. Top six was the strength of this team, okay? And then the bottom six was – the third line was still kind of iffy. Even at, it was. Even, it was. Even, right, at full strength. Yep. They still were iffy. Okay, yep. so – I want to negate that line. Uh, line four, they do their thing. Okay. But right now, they're two pieces short. Uh, and I think that this is where injuries are hurting them. Yes. Most. Again, the top six, right? You in agreement there? Oh, no doubt. I mean, the injuries are absolutely crushing them right now. And the fact that, you know, Jack Eichel, I mean, folks, Jack Eichel is the best thing to happen to the Vegas Golden Knights as far as a skilled talent goes. And without the ability of uh, – here comes Chris to make his – appearance to, cl- to be the closer here without Jack Eichel out there it's it's tough and it puts everything you know in a bad spot after that you know maybe once Eichel comes back it's all roses yeah whatever the lines are who cares right and in uh last night Bruce Cassidy said that he wanted to put the younger legs out there to complement the other guys that's why he kept moving players around yeah but Petrangelo I thought it was plays kind 34 of minutes I mean come on Right. I thought it was kind of strange, too. So, yeah, things might start to be catching up to Bruce Cassidy. We need, we need, we need another hour, Tony. We need another hour to talk about this one, I think. <laughs> uh, the defense last night, again, the solid minutes by Petrangelo. Again, there are some injuries there. But once again, I just hate to lean on injuries alone because this was a winnable game. I just go back to the fact that the Kings game, winnable. Last night, winnable game. Uh, yes, if they win those games, oh, wow, they're doing it without the likes of here's the laundry list of players. But they're in these games, and they're they're games that they should win regardless. The system, they still have talented uh, talented players out there. They still have pieces of those top two lines and players that are veterans that should be able to close it out. Am I right? Yes, take us home. So we should know. So we shouldn't be complaining. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first give you the listen every there. day. Okay, <laughs> and Lockdown Sports today, you can check that out. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, as well as Lockdown Golden Knights. For my man Chris Golick, Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.